Hey, are you still ready for some football? Okay, thanks for tuning in to the John Steigerwald Show. Yeah, the uh, Steelers are actually practicing today. Uh, they may be practicing as we speak here. So there is football going on up in Latrobe. But guess what the Steelers were talking about today? You're never going to guess. The owner or chairman, the coach, and the union rep. The national anthem. That's what they were talking about. Boy, you're going to be sick of this, uh, hearing about this by the time this season starts. Jerry Jones was talking about the anthem down in Dallas, too. We'll get uh, to that in a minute. Uh, by way of their house organ, the Steelers.com, and a story by Bob Labriola, which actually is more of a press release than a story the Steelers were talking about. it. That's an indication of how covering sports, by the way, uh, covering at least covering a sports team, has changed in the last 15 or 20 years, maybe 10. The teams have the ability to control the message, and Art Rooney's message is that the fact that the league put a freeze on the anthem policy Several days ago, you probably heard about that. Uh, he says that's a good thing because the policy was put in place without input from the union. Here's a quote from uh, Art Rooney II. I think it's a positive development, even though there has been good dialogue among the owners and the players and the commissioner for the past year in order for the league to have a uniform policy. I believe the Players Association needs to be at the table in order to get this done. Mike Tomlin was quoted, too. And there's a real good chance that somebody in the media relations department wrote the statement uh, that is attributed to him and just got his approval. Tomlin says it's all, he says it's all positive. He's excited to see where the talks go, blah, blah, blah. And trust me, he's not the least bit excited and wants this to just go away so he can focus on football. He probably wouldn't care if the players stood on their heads during the anthem, if you could just be left alone and just not have to talk about it anymore, which is probably where a lot of people are going right now, or getting anyway, to that point. The players' rep, Ramon Foster, says he thinks, of course, nothing but positive can come from the two sides negotiating a policy. Well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. As I said here before, there is one solution. The owner should let the players vote on whether to play the anthem with the understanding that if it is played, everybody stands. That's not going to happen. And any agreement that the two sides come to will not guarantee that some players are just going to do what they want to do, which is what they will do, what they want to do. Now, do you want to hear what Jerry Jones of the Cowboys said yesterday? A little bit different from what Art Rooney is uh, quoted as saying. There's a quote from Jerry Jones. As far as the Dallas Cowboys, you know where I stand. The team knows where I stand. Our policy is you stand during the anthem. Toe on the line. Did you get that? Jerry's players will toe the line. How do you think they feel when they hear that? Jerry also has said that all of his players will be out on the field and not in the locker room during the anthem. That was part of that uh, agreement they came up with. That could create an interesting situation if the union and the, and the league, uh, you know, if they come up with an agreement that's, that doesn't allow the players to hide in the locker room, uh, that's going to be a big problem because they may, now they're going to have to be on the field and then they can do whatever they want. Jones, by the way, has said that he wishes President Trump would stay out of it. And he and Art Rooney can talk all he wants about uh, how optimistic he is. This issue is not going away. And I'll say it again. The only way for Rooney and Jones and the rest of the owners to get out from under it is to surrender. Leave it up to the players. Let them vote on whether they want the anthem to be played, and they'll stand for it and be suspended if they don't, or whether they want to stop playing the song before games. Now, there are a lot bigger issues than the NFL and the anthem out there. Like, well, for example, there aren't enough uniform choices for female baseball umpires and female football officials. That's a crisis right now in America, apparently. <laughs> Just kidding. We may actually get to that. There's actually a story about that, believe it or not. 
But uh, there was a mass shooting in Toronto several days ago. To get serious here, a young girl and an 18-year-old woman killed, several injured, I think 10 injured. And that may have surprised you since Canada has really strict gun laws. Well, you won't be surprised to hear what the reaction has been from the politicians up there in Toronto and other places in Canada. They want more gun control, of course. Uh, And after the break, we're going to talk to a guy who's well-known in Canada for being an advocate for gun rights. And we're going to talk to him about how so many of the politicians up there are just as stupid about guns as so many of ours are. We're also going to talk about a movie that was hard to get made. Not because the true story wouldn't make a good movie, because the story is a no-brainer for a great movie, but because it's about abortion. Actually, it's about an abortion doctor from Philadelphia who's now serving two life sentences for murder. He's been called America's worst serial killer. We'll get to those two stories and maybe the one about how hard it is for women to look good when they're umpiring a baseball game when we come back. Don't pay double for your next home improvement project. Many companies are simply asking too much for windows, siding, and doors. You need at least three estimates. Just make sure Windows R Us is one of them. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofing, siding, doors, gutters, even shutters and downspouts. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward menu-style pricing, and the absolute fastest turnaround in the business. Windows R Us offers multiple financing options and will match any competitor's price. No hidden costs or final invoice surprises ever. And they're no Pole full lifetime warranty covers everything, including labor and glass breakage at no additional charge. Mention AM1250 and get an exclusive 10% discount for listeners of this station only. Why pay double? Before you buy, visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. They're more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. We get many people that have not gotten well with traditional medicine. At the medicine shop in Oakmont and Penn Hills, good health is often a gut-level decision. About 70 to 85 percent of your immune system's in the gut. As a child, your thymus gland is actually your immune system, and babies are born with hardly any flora or minimal amounts. And through exposure to dirt, things they suck on, their mom's antibodies they get from breast milk gradually just builds up over time. Always start with the gut. When you have somebody has an illness, the normal bacterial balance that's supposed to be there is typically not there. They could have yeast overgrowth, parasites. They could have just an imbalance of bacteria and many times that's just evaluated by history or we can do further testing that they can do at home we look at a systems-based approach so you have your immune system your gi hormones energy cardiometabolic and all those systems work together call for a consultation today the medicine shop 888-865-9595. I'm Andy Solomon. Just as clouds can take many shapes, your Cheetos can too. And it's clear that Cheetos fans are exceptionally creative when it comes to identifying interesting shapes in their Cheetos snacks. Brandy Ray, Director of Marketing for Frito-Lay. This summer, the Cheetos brand will once again encourage fans to let their imaginations roam as they look for unique shapes in their Cheeto snacks for a chance to win what they see. Fans can submit a photo and description of what they see in their interestingly shaped Cheetos. For each entry period, Cheetos will pick a winner and customize a one-of-a-kind prize inspired by their winning Cheetos shape. 
If you're eating your favorite Cheeto snack and see a shape that looks like a guitar, you might just win an electric guitar and concert tickets. Or if you find a Cheeto shape that resembles a lobster claw, you might win a trip to Maine for a lobster feast. Over the 10-week contest, eight winners will receive a prize value up to $11,000. No purchase necessary. For more information and to submit your unique Cheeto entry, go to CheetosWinWhatYouSee.com. You work hard to recruit the best talent for your business, so you understand how important benefits are. Today's candidates are looking for more than just insurance and retirement accounts. They want benefits they can use every day and perks that help them achieve that all-important work-life balance. With Veridesk Standing Desk Solutions, you can create the healthy office culture they're looking for, where employees can move more throughout the day, so they're happier, healthier, and more productive. The new Veridesk ProDesk 60 Electric is the perfect way to create your active workspace. It's a commercial-grade electric standing desk that lets you sit or stand with the touch of a button. And it assembles in under five minutes with no need for professional installers or labor costs. The ProDesk 60 Electric ships for free. And thanks to our 30-day guarantee, if you don't love it, we'll pick it up for free. To learn how you can try the ProDesk 60 Electric in your office, visit veridesk.com slash radio. That's V-A-R-I-Desk.com slash radio. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. You probably saw the story about the shooting in Toronto last weekend. A guy of Mideastern descent uh, went on a rampage downtown in a section of a lot of Greek restaurants where he killed ten, a 10-year-old girl and an 18-year-old woman and wounded several more. I think it was 10 others um, wounded before the cops killed him. Now, I spent a lot of time in Canada, not Toronto, but in Ontario, have a place up there, and I've always been under the impression that it's just about impossible for Canadians to have a gun anymore. Um, And, you know, based on some conversations I've had with neighbors and other people up there, I've gotten the impression that they think we're nuts down here and wonder why we need the Second Amendment. That may be an unfair response from me, uh, by me, but it, it turns out that they've had a lot of trouble with shootings in Toronto. Nicholas Johnson is the founder of the Gun Blog, and he's a Canadian, and he's on the line with us now. Nicholas, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, John. So, what's uh, what has been the reaction in Canada to these uh, shootings from the politicians? It's 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 huge. Uh, in fact, I was well, not, not even only in Canada, like you just said. It's it's headlines across uh, across the country. Uh, one gun owner, in fact, the last gun, uh, the last gun store owner in Toronto, I was talking to him yesterday. He said he's seen headlines from around the world. So this, I mean, it's an absolutely tragic event. You know, people sitting around on a Sunday evening with their families, uh, going for a walk, having an ice cream, having a coffee, and then, and then getting shot, shot up. It shot up. It's, it's, uh, it's dramatic and it's heart wrenching. So, but the reaction from the politicians. Uh, what I saw was that the mayor uh, was asking, why does anybody in Toronto need a gun? My response would be, maybe just in case somebody with a gun came up and tried to shoot me? I mean, that that's kind of the reaction down here. Yeah, and that's that's kind of that's kind of the, the common sense. You think you're the first job of, a, of any human, uh, any animal, any living being, the first job is survival, right? The first right of any, the natural law of life is uh, stay alive, protect yourself. Uh, in Canada, we don't have a Second Amendment. Um, we don't. We don't have a right to concealed carry, or most most uh, most people, even with a gun license that allows you to own and buy firearms and ammunition, that doesn't allow you to carry a firearm. So we're not really thinking in a self-defense context up here. What we're 
it contacts Russ as the mayor. As you said, the mayor, he wants to take away handguns and all semi-automatic firearms from all 2 million men and women in Canada who have that authorization, who are just target shooters and hunters and farmers who need to shoot animals who are eating up their crops and moms and dads who want to go to the range on a weekend with the kids. And can I say something about licensing? Sure, go ahead. The, what, what also is different, I think, in... I don't know the situation in Pittsburgh specifically, but in general in the United States, well, Canada is very specific. In order to get a firearm, there are all sorts of steps to go through. It's not just filling out a form and waiting, waiting a cooling-off period. There's a safety course designed by the federal police, a license issued by the federal police. Once, If you get that license... You get a background check every single day by the federal police. So two million people have said, hey, feds, I want to be on your radar. Please run a background check on me every day so I can have the privilege of owning a firearm. So if we're the, if, in a way, we're the safest, most vetted, most scrutinized uh, people in the country. And the Toronto City Council is saying we're going to stop violent crime by taking away property from these people, it's it, 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 it's totally wrong-headed. It makes no sense, and it's it's slanderous because they're sort of saying we are responsible for the crimes. So, uh, one politician, somebody named Adam Vaughn, he's an MP. I guess that's the equivalent of a, a congressman here, a, a, a representative, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, he, his name's Adam Vaughn. He's a former city councilman in Toronto. He says, this is a quote from him, there's no rational reason for guns in cities. They're just too dangerous for urban uh, areas. What upside is there to tolerance of guns in cities? All I've seen is people being burned. Now... Here in uh, the states, handguns used to be the big issue because uh, you can't. You know, the, the the argument there was you you can't go hunting with a handgun, and I think a lot of that started after Ronald Reagan was shot with a handgun. So now it's it's so called assault rifles that everybody is uh, trying to uh, is fighting over now. But it seems to be about handguns right now up in Canada. Is that would I be right about that? Because uh, uh, that, that seems to be what's coming from these politicians anyway. Yeah, totally, totally. I mean the the Yes, um, it is. It is absolutely handguns. But if anything, you know, again, these politicians, if you look at what they say, they have, I'm sorry to say this, I don't want to paint everybody, you know, but they, they don't really know. Uh, they don't really know. Adam Vaughn, uh, I used to live in his district, actually. Uh, in the last election, you look at his brochures and stuff that was being published in his brochures. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say lies, but it was absolutely um, whatever one notch below lies is absolutely inaccurate, deceitful, and misleading. So, so they don't really know what they're talking about when it comes to firearms. To answer your question, yes, handguns is, is the, the center of the target, if you pardon the, the bad pun. Uh, handguns, but also any semi-automatic firearms. So let me read you. They say, in the motion in the past, uh, prohibiting the availability, sale, possession, and use of handguns, assault rifles, and semi-automatic firearms. So one of the best-selling duck hunting shotguns is the Beretta Oh, sorry, the, the Super Black Eagle. That's a semi-automatic shotgun. So they think they're going to make the streets of Toronto. Adam Vaughn thinks he's going to make the streets of Toronto safer by taking away a duck hunting shotgun from a guy in Manitoba. Like, help me understand that because it's really not clear. 
Well, we're talking to Nicholas Johnson, the founder of the Gun Blog uh, in Canada, where there's a big discussion now because of a shooting in Toronto. Uh, I'm, I'm just wondering, uh, you know, based on my experience here in the United States, um, I've noticed that criminals don't seem to cooperate real well with laws. Um, and so are they cooperating with the gun laws up there, or are they kind of ignoring them? You know, does That's it- uh- that's you're being funny. I know you're being sarcastic here because, of course, they don't. Of course, when a criminal, no criminal, no matter what the law says, no criminal is going to say, "Hey, you know, can I get permission to take my 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 loaded whatever to the school? And when I'm planning to do something bad, can you, hey, police, uh, uh, I'm planning to go to the church to do something really bad. Can you tell me? I want to make sure I comply with the laws. You, of course, it doesn't happen. It's it's ridiculous, and that's. That's the thing, just like a lot of cities in the U.S., actually. A decade ago, the city council a decade ago under uh, the mayor then, shut down gun stores, shut down gun ranges, uh, absolutely this beautiful historic landmarks at the, uh, at the Central Train Station and the University of Toronto, shut down these uh, stores and ranges under the pretense of making things safer. And of course it doesn't work. Look where we are today. It didn't do a thing because, like, you're, like, you, like you asked, Criminals don't care what the law says. They don't. They're not looking up the gun laws to make sure that they're in compliance before they go do a hit. Of course not. But so, Nicholas, everybody knows that. You mm-hmm. know that. I know that. Uh, you know, you're a Canadian. I'm an American. I got a feeling mm-hmm. they know that in uh, in Australia and every other country on the planet where there are people with any common sense, they know that. So why is it that the politicians in Canada? Are, are no smarter than the politicians in the United States. What that, uh, does anybody? I mean, do the, does the average person walking around on the street up there in Ontario or anywhere else in Canada actually think that criminals are going to pay attention? And 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 and, and do they actually not realize that if all the guns are taken away uh, and laws are passed against them, the, the the possession of them, that the only people who will have them are the people who aren't supposed to have them and can do harm with them? I mean, uh, that's a, I hate to even waste the oxygen to say that. It's so simple. Uh, can you please move back to Canada? We need we need we need you to ask them out here. Uh, but exactly, it, it's 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 pretty obvious that it didn't work with alcohol. Yeah, it doesn't work. With, it's not working with drugs. It's not working with guns. It's not working banning objects from good people doesn't stop them from being used by bad people. And that that's a logical argument, but even using the evidence, looking at the hardcore evidence, this is 2018. We've got 3D printing. We have highly organized criminal smuggling operations. And, uh, one, the, uh, the head of the Firearm Industry Association was telling me that uh, the custom, you know, customs people, uh, they, get, they, they, they find parts um, contraband in cereal boxes wrapped in aluminum foil so it doesn't get caught by x-rays. Uh, you have the whole 3D, you know, you can 3D print what you want. You can get stuff. You can, you can, buy, you can buy people illegally if you have the right connections. So how does stopping me from going to the range to plinking with my friends to doing a competition, how is, gonna, how is that going to stop uh, Joe Smuggler from doing whatever the heck he wants. Now, not. And that's where the guns are coming from? They're being smuggled in, and that's where the criminals are getting their guns? They're getting them. There's a, there's a tiny... Yeah, the short answer is yes. There's a tiny minority that uh, that steals them from Canada, but most of them are coming in uh, from... Well, I, a lot of them are coming in from the U.S. Of, 
but let me let me just add that it's a very important point. Police don't know uh, where the guns are coming from because they mm-hmm. can't trace most of them. And the criminals all apparently the, aren't all, cooperating with with that. No, they yeah, funny <laughs> that they don't they don't they don't like to rat on the buddies. Stupid. Uh, maybe maybe uh. it's a survival thing. Um, the police don't know where the guns come from. Of the of the thirty to forty percent that they trace. Um, mostly from the U.S. and also from Canada. Well, unfortunately, we're talking to uh, Nicholas Johnson of the Gun Blog. Uh, He's up in Canada where they're having a big discussion and a debate now about gun control because of a shooting in Toronto. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, Nicholas, too many Americans still don't grasp the concept that the U.S. Constitution doesn't grant us any rights. It prohibits the government from taking away the rights that we believe we were born with. And and that includes the right to bear arms. That's why the Second Amendment exists. I'm just wondering, do Canadians believe the same about their Constitution? Does that philosophy that comes from John Locke and the Enlightenment back in uh, England a long time ago, does that exist in Canada? Uh, it exists, but I don't think that idea has, has... You know, we are subject to the Queen. I don't think that... Of the Queen of England, we are. Canada yeah. is a, as a monarchy. Our head of state is the Queen of England and the Queen of the uh, Commonwealth. And uh, we don't appreciate uh, things in the same way that that uh, American citizens do in terms of what the Constitution guarantees. Uh, some readers of my blog, you know, people who who, who follow my my blog, uh, I, I think that they would appreciate that there is there is a right from English common history, common law history, that that does grant that right, that enshrines that right. But a lot of people, and legally, it's considered a privilege. Even our Supreme Court, you know, has made these very controversial decisions where people, and some people, interpret that, you know, is it a right? Is it a privilege? It's we're not sure. So definitely not as strong as as the U.S. Yeah, and another concept that that even the smartest politicians here in the U.S. can't grasp or don't want to admit to anyway is that our Second Amendment has nothing to do with self-defense or hunting. Uh, you know that it's about protection from the government. Does that concept exist in Canada? Because oh, that, that, that's that, it's hard to convince anybody of that around here who who is uh, who wants to grab guns. They just oh, it's such a common yeah, can, misconception. It's, absolutely. If you, if you, there's, a, there's a few uh, there's a few hundreds of millions of people you could ask in the 20th century to ask them how disarmament worked out for them. Uh, it it, uh, it it doesn't really work out when you take when you prevent people when you actively prevent people. Uh, large groups of people by identifiable characteristics, whether they're the intellectuals or the Jews or the Catholics or whoever they are, when you prevent a group of people from defending themselves, well, we've got a, we've got a few years of history that show that they they um they often end up dead. Wow. Now, last thing, uh, how divided is the country on this issue? Is it a fifty-fifty divide? Is it uh, you know? How, I don't I don't know if I would call it fifty-fifty here. I don't know what it is, but. Um, they're having a tough time changing the laws here. What about there? So we um, we don't know, right? To, to answer that question, uh, um, honestly, you'd have to do a representative poll. I don't know. What I can tell you is when I do my, uh, among my followers on Twitter, I just, in fact, uh, yesterday started a poll that says, uh, Canadian Gunnies poll. How do you feel about being blamed for violent crime? Four options. What do you mean? Slightly annoyed, fed up, or a um, bad word, you know, F, had, yeah. had enough. Yeah. 82% said had enough. Wow. 99, 99% said fed up or had enough. So among among a certain population, it's, it's very clear. But Toronto, you know, we have a leftist government in Toronto. We have a leftist government uh, federally. 
We have uh, leftist governments in many provinces and other cities. Toronto, they might say, hey, if Toronto can do it, we can do it. Hey, Nicholas, let's, let's, Nicholas, yeah. I'm yep. out of time. I'm up against a hard break. Okay. You, you spoke Good. well. You, you did yourself well. Thank you, sir. Thank you for this opportunity. Nicholas Johnson from Canada Gun Control. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Attorney General Jeff Sessions is defending his top deputy after some congressional Republicans moved to impeach him. Asked about the impeachment effort led by a group of 11 House conservatives, Sessions said he has the highest confidence in Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein and described him as highly capable. Rosenstein oversees the special counsel's Russia investigation. The House conservatives accuse him of failing to provide information even though the Justice Department has already provided more than 800,000 documents. That's White House correspondent Greg Clugston reporting. President Trump is claiming a trade breakthrough with European allies as he made two stops in the Midwest today. A mixed day on Wall Street as the Dow Jones Industrial Average up by 113 points, but the Nasdaq, worried about Facebook's falling value, dropped over 80 points. This is SRN News. You know, I'm not a genius about money. I love my credit cards, and they love me. I was using them as a source of income, and then I got behind in my payments, and creditors were calling. I figured I had a problem, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I heard about Trinity, so I called and talked to a counselor. In half an hour, we worked out a plan. Now I've got one easy monthly payment, a lower interest rate, and I'm getting out of debt. If you're in an endless cycle of paying on credit card balances that never seem to go away, then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity will consolidate your accounts, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Call 1-800-990-6976. Mike Gallagher sees a win for the Republicans in November if we take some advice. With this new era of confrontation that seems justified by a lot of people on the left. Here's what I'm concerned about. I'll be very blunt. I don't want us to be like them. As long as we're not like them, we're going to beat them where it counts. And that's on November 6th. The Mike Gallagher Show. Weekdays at 9. Right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250. The Answer. This is Mike Howard, General Sales Manager at Salem Media Pittsburgh. You've heard me recruit for salespeople for quite a while now, always looking for professionals who just have to be in the sales arena because they love the hunt for new business, have those antennas up, and just simply know how to get appointments. Well, I'm here to tell you that is still exactly what I am looking for, but not just to be in radio. Salem Media Pittsburgh truly is much more, so much so that all of our team's titles have changed to Integrated Marketing Strategist. What that means is we now incorporate everything regarding digital marketing into our daily services, from web design to social media and reputation management, plus all things digital marketing, including retargeting, Facebook, SEO and SEM, and much more. So if the sales skills I mentioned before apply to you, plus you have a knack or even experience in digital marketing sales, you definitely need to contact us. Would you do that, please? Log on to SalemMedia.com and click the Careers link. 
and search Pittsburgh to apply. Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, COBRA. There are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind, expensive. There are lots of changes happening in health care today, fortunately. I know someone who has been on the forefront of health insurance for years, Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every health care provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. Worried about the penalty? All of Marley Financial plans are penalty exempt because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60 percent, which can add up several thousand a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Very, very busy Thursday afternoon. Inbound Parkway West, heavy Carnegie down to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound, also very slow, Banksville Road to 79. And we're seeing a disabled vehicle on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. This is at exit 91 for Donegal. Now over to the Parkway East, we're going to see delays outbound Forbes Avenue to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel and inbound from 30 to the tunnel and also Bates Street to the Fort Pitt Bridge. I'm Jenny Robinson on AM 1250, The Answer. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. A couple of showers around tonight, along with an evening thunderstorm, which can be strong, producing locally damaging winds and hail, along with flooding downpours. The low tonight, 64. Variably cloudy tomorrow with a shower or thunderstorm in the area, 80 degrees. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, 62. Saturday, partly sunny, high 78. I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle on AM 1250, The Answer. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. I'm a movie guy. I go to a lot of movies. Um, not quite as many now as I was going to for the last several years because I'm doing the show now. But I still go to one almost once a week. And I've actually been involved in writing some screenplays, believe it or not, that are out there. If you know a producer looking for some good ideas. Anyway, I think I know a, a good movie possibility when I see one, a story that would make a good movie. And that includes horrific stories. There are plenty of horrific stories made into movies, as I think you probably know. One of those is the story of Dr. Kermit Gosnell, an abortion doctor from Philadelphia who was convicted of murder. And uh, it's finally been made into a movie and will be released in October. Josh Shepard writes about movies for The Federalist. He's here with us now. Josh, thanks for being here. John, it's a privilege to be on the show. So you have a piece up now about the movie and how it's taken five years to make. I think uh, in this in the piece you wrote, it, they started trying to put this thing together in 2013. So it's going to be over five years before it finally hits the theaters. Um, so what what's the what has been the big problem for it take this for it to take this long? Well, this film has faced a lot of challenges. Frankly, it's called Gosnell: The Trial of America's Biggest Serial Killer. And like you mentioned, this is a true crime drama about this Philadelphia doctor. He ran a pill mill out of his abortion clinic in, in that urban neighborhood. And so Philadelphia police, they investigated it on a drug warrant, and they found a whole lot more than that. So this is a major feature film. It, it stars Dean Cain, who uh, people might know as Superman from the 1990s show, Lois and Clark. Uh, but uh, it, it faced a number of challenges. And even before it got into the Hollywood system. So I'll, I'll tell you a few of those. One is about uh, crowdfunding. 
And so these uh, filmmakers, the producers, uh, Fellum McAleer and Anne McElhaney, they're actually from Ireland and, and journalists. And so they ran across this story and uh, found it so compelling. They said, we're going to have our fans and people who love our work, uh, you know, crowdfund to get this made. And so they went to Kickstarter, which is the platform they've always used, and they described the story very simply. They talked about, you know, the violence that had occurred at this clinic, the unsanitary conditions, some of the, the different uh, things that really came out in the conviction of Dr. Kermit Gosnell, who's right now serving three life sentences in a Pennsylvania prison. And so, uh, but Kickstarter said, hey, you can't describe the project this way. This offends our community values, they said. And so uh, they actually went to another platform called Indiegogo and uh, raised the $2 million there. It set a record for that site, and then they moved on. But that wasn't the only challenge that they faced. Uh, the, the producers also compiled their research into a book. Uh, it uh, became a bestseller on Amazon, on Barnes & Noble, on the other lists out there. But uh, the New York Times bestseller list would not rank it on their list. And so uh, that was another challenge they faced. Lastly, uh, more recently here, uh, they had a date set last year. They were planning to put this into theaters and had it. You, you know, I know several of the Salem radio network stations were, were actually talking about it. Um, and yet uh, Philadelphia judge uh, Jeffrey Meinhardt, uh, who ruled in the Gosnell case, he actually sued the filmmakers, and this is according to some reporting there in, in, in Philadelphia. And uh, this was actually just settled out of court apparently in the last few months here. The, they, uh, the producers cannot say much about it, but uh, we know that it, it is happening. The film is going to release October 12th, so they're quite excited that many of the challenges have been resolved at this point. And uh, this, this is a, a movie, that a story that's this sensational, and a story that lends itself so easily to becoming a movie is the only reason it's not it's it's experiencing any kind of difficulty or pushback is because it's abortion and nobody wants to do nobody wants to make this abortion doctor this this evil person look bad I mean that's it's kind of scary isn't it it is I think there is a level of censorship on this particular issue no question and it uh, you know as um as Stella uh, McAleer, the producer, says, you know, he says Hollywood is a community that's supposed to value controversy, but they didn't want to promote what they saw as a different ideology. And he says, really, what they didn't want is the truth. Um, I think they did due diligence here to really present this in an even-handed way. Um, the director, Nick Searcy, who's quite well-known, he's on the, at the FX show uh, Justified right now. He's a, he's a big star. Um, he says, hey, this is not a pro-life or a pro-choice film. He says, we present the facts here very plainly, very clearly. You make up your own mind about what this story means and, uh, and what it really means for the abortion issue. And uh, they also, in your story, you say that actors um, walked away from it. I mean, so you think That's about right. some of the movies that actors are willing to play in, some of the people they're willing to be in a movie— and this, they found this just a little bit too repulsive for them. It's amazing. They're willing to play Charles Manson, but they, you know, they, uh, they don't want to be in a movie about this guy. Yeah, it's really true. I spoke to, to Fellow and Ann, and they actually said that uh, actors that, that had, you know, they'd agreed to work with them suddenly kind of made up excuses. Oh, I'm going to be out of town that week. And, you know, so they, they just said that, uh, you know, they kind of felt that people came under pressure from what they called leftist Hollywood that they shouldn't do this film. And, and you're actually seeing that with several, honestly, of these films. There are a number of, of uh, 
you know, films actually related to the abortion issue that are that are in production. Uh, now there's another one called Roe v. Wade that's in an early stage of production, and uh, they faced similar issues. When actors found out about the subject matter, they walked away from it. Well, is that a movie that is a not, pro-cho- uh, not pro-choice, the Roe v. Wade movie? Uh, I mean, I, I know what the story is, but uh, how is it portrayed? Uh, that's correct. Yeah, that one is, again is in a very early stage of production, so I don't know that it's uh, it's entirely. But it it uh, it is intended to be, I believe, as well, uh, uh, more of a pro life and uh, again they say a very even handed look at the case and uh, some of the issues around it. So, but uh, but right now, of course, the one that's, that's before us in, in the next ten weeks here is Gosnell coming out on October twelfth. We're talking to Josh Shepard, who writes about movies for the Federalist. Um, here on AM twelve fifty, the answer. I uh, it, so has the movie been made, Josh? Is it, it, the movie has been finished, and it's and have you seen it? It is in the can. I have not gotten to see it yet. I've I've uh, seen a few clips, but they, you know, uh, there there isn't even yet a trailer out, which is a little bit of a concern, I think. But it, it is should be coming very very soon here, and uh, and we should be seeing a lot more uh, on this front very quickly. But I, I do hope the piece at the Federalist, which of course the Federalist.com, it's helpful to people to get a feel for all the work that the producers and the and the team put into this film. And what's the ch- what are the chances of it overcoming more pushback once it becomes an actual movie? Uh, you know, the the Hollywood industry has uh, some control over the theaters, uh, reluctance of theaters to to show the movie. I don't know why it would. I, I don't. I just can't understand why. Um, the, a theater would decide not to show the movie. It's it's a great story, a horrific story, but it's a it's a tremendous story that needs to be told. And I can't imagine not being able to make a good movie about it. You know, I, I, the story that this movie tells is, is an important one, and so I, I'm with you. I hope that it does well at the box office. What you have been seeing this trend in Hollywood, you know, is that they're they're all moving towards kind of these big budget blockbusters and these big spectacle movies. And so a small budget drama like this one, a lot of them have go- been going, you know, straight to the streaming services like Netflix, etc. Um, but the one exception to that we've seen is when there's a committed audience for a film. So look at a movie like I Can Only Imagine that mm-hmm. came out this last March. Yeah. Very small budget film. It was made for only $7 million. Um, but, uh, you know, and this was one that was based on and talked about the story behind that hit song, I Can Only Imagine. Well, it, it grossed a very surprising $83 million wow. that absolutely shocked Hollywood. And so, uh, you know, I think we're going to be seeing more, actually, faith-based films for that reason. But So this is a movie, though, Gosnell, that's a true crime drama. I think it has an appeal to a large audience. Um, and so if, if there's a committed audience, and I think in this case the real fans of it are likely to be those who probably identify as pro-life, you know, who view this story as one that educates the culture on, on an important issue. If they come out and support it, then I think you will see, you know, perhaps a small release initially, and maybe it'll build. Uh, you know, the Mr. Rogers film as well did that this summer, and it's, it's been a huge breakout hit uh, for a documentary, which was wild. So um, so the Gosnell feature film drama, um, you know, if their trailer is compelling, if the fans are committed to it, it could do very well when it releases on October 12th. I know you're, we're here to talk about the movie, but you also are familiar with this, the, the Gosnell story, more so now because of your research into the movie. Um, and Tom Ridge, the former governor of Pennsylvania, does he show up as a villain in the movie? Because he, he he had something to do with uh, Gosnell maybe getting away with what he was doing for a while. Well, it's true. Um, 
you know, in that uh, Salem McAleer, who used to be a journalist for The Economist, so he's, he's quite a, you know, a, a recognized figure. And, and so he came into this, he actually attended the trial, he was shocked by the, the empty press benches, nobody showing up to come and see it. But one thing that intrigued him about it was, like you said, a pro-choice Republican, Governor Tom Ridge, being the one who he says, uh, this is Stellum talking, actually stopped the inspections of abortion clinics. And he says the Democrats just simply continued that policy. So um, it is uh, rather concerning. There was a little bit of a political role reversal there. You had a, a pro-choice Republican. And actually, you know, I know that there were some pro-life Democrats, actually, who objected to some of this going on. Uh, so it's, it's uh, you know, the the things that occurred in that clinic, I mean, he says that, you know, dead bodies were coming out of this clinic. Women were being maimed. Complaints were being made. Uh, there's a, a woman named uh, Karnamaya Mangar, a 41-year-old 40, refugee from Nepal that's cited in the case, uh, you know, who died of a drug overdose administered by unlicensed workers in that clinic. And so uh, there should be rigorous oversight of these types of places. And so it is uh, really unfortunate when a leader of any party uh, is not willing to, you know, to, to see the oversight done. And Gosnell, his uh, specialty, I think, uh, from what I got from your piece, was uh, partial birth abortion. That's right, which was, of course, a procedure that was banned, you know, by Congress in 2003, and that uh, was, that ban, that law was later upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court, you know, and so even currently in law, there's a lot of debate about uh, the issue of abortion. Of course, we we saw this spring the issue of uh, the pain-capable Unborn Child Protection Act was was a, a massive fight, and uh, that bill ultimately was rejected by the Senate and didn't pass. But uh, that that concerns really those, those simply banning those late-term abortions, you know, uh, 20 weeks after of, of field development and after. And so, um, you know, there is still a lot of debate and discussion in our culture about this issue, no question. Um, you know, you look at the Gallup, they say, polls say that, that uh, essentially Americans are evenly split. But uh, I think if you dig, dig a little deeper into those polling numbers, you actually find that most Americans don't agree with the later term abortions. And that was what, as you mentioned, Dr. Kermit Gosnell that was his expertise. Talking, so, talking, um, sorry, Josh, we're talking to Josh Shepard. Uh, he's a writer for The Federalist. He covers movies for them. Um, you said the producers learned a lot about, and you, and you mentioned just now about people being um, pretty much against the partial abortion and and even late term abortions now. But uh, you write that the producers said that they learned a lot about abortion and a lot about how little most people know about abortion laws, including in Pennsylvania. It's very true. Yeah, it, this is a lot more complex topic than most people have really considered, and so uh, I think uh, this film will be a wonderful education piece on that issue. Um, but do they, you know, the producers speak about uh, sort of the PR campaign that Planned Parenthood has done, that uh, they've managed to do a thing where no one in America knows the laws on abortion, you know, and even even very few pro-life people know that you can have an abortion at, at nine months. And in the case of uh, Pennsylvania, that would be six months. But uh, the producers said that, hey, even the, the district attorneys on the case didn't know that, and the jury certainly didn't know that. So um, these are issues that should be discussed more, and, uh, you know, I would think that we want our laws to align with uh, what what people's uh, you know views are on this this important issue. Well, how do you think it will be received by the movie critics of America? You know, the, the people when, when they review the movie, uh, how much of a chance will they give it? Well, that's hard to say. Um, you know, the the critics did actually give, for instance, the case for Christ that came out last year uh, some some high marks. So that was a small independent film. 
but uh, it had such a good script, and uh, it was told so well that some some critics in Variety and other places actually gave it a fair chance. Um, I would say that the producers of this one, Selim uh, and Anne, you know, they they were shocked that, for instance, the the, uh, the Pennsylvania Press hasn't even covered their book. They said you have America's biggest serial killer in your backyard, and you wouldn't even review, you know, our book that's you know a bestseller on Amazon. But, uh, you know, so they're not holding out too much hope for the mainstream press. Uh, there may be a few voices out there that are going to give this a fair shake, but uh, it, it's certainly going to, I'm sure, depend on uh, some people out there who, um, you know, believe this is an important education piece uh, on, on, a, on a very complex moral issue and that it's uh, going to be a helpful narrative uh, to get out there. So, you know, Gosnell comes out on October 12th, and I know the the producers are excited for uh, for it to, to be out there. Hey, Josh, thanks for being here. And I think uh, whatever success it has, it'll be because of organic success. And I appreciate you being here. I think that's right. Thanks so much, John. It was a pleasure. Right. Josh Shepard of The Federalist. You can check him out at, the Feder- at federalist.com. We'll be back and lighten it up a little bit with a little sports. is a true story. My name is David Bryant. When I was 37, my wife and I decided to get term life insurance through SelectQuote. Just three years later, I was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Because of life insurance, the people I love most in this world will be protected no matter what happens to me. I know that the dreams I have for my family can still come true. Financial security, to stay in the home we became a family in, and for our children to be able to go to college. I reached out to SelectQuote because I wanted to share my story. If just one person purchases life insurance, I know I will have made a difference. SelectQuote can find a 37-year-old male a $500,000 policy for under a dollar a day. If there are people you care about, you need life insurance. It may be the single most important financial decision of your life. Don't put off protecting your family. Get your free quote now. Call 800 671 that's 800-671-7070, 800-671-7070, or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states. The one thing I loved about working with him, we got to pray with our patients, and I could do that without feeling like I was going to get in trouble. At the medicine shops in Oakmont and Penn Hills, nurse practitioner Joyce Gibb continues the legacy of pharmacist, mentor, and friend Joe DiMedio. And many people, you cannot cure them or make them truly get well if they have something down deep that they haven't ever addressed. Stress affects your whole body. Like when I get stressed, I have between my shoulder blades, my muscles get tight. Some people, it's GI. Some people, it can be a rash. Some people, their immune system is down. So we address that too. But you have to address the root causing that stress for them to truly heal. One of the things I'm very humbled by is that many of the people that Joe and I saw together, they're still coming to see me. And I just really appreciate that. And I'm going to try to have the same empathy and love and caring that he had. I just love it. It's my dream job. It's what I've always wanted to do. Every day is different because not everybody's the same. Call for a consultation today. 888-865-9595. Don't pay double for your next home improvement project. Many companies are simply asking too much for windows, siding, and doors. You need at least three estimates. Just make sure Windows R Us is one of them. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofing, siding, doors, gutters, even shutters and downspouts. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward menu-style pricing, and the absolute fastest turnaround in the business. Windows R Us offers multiple financing options and will match any competitor's price. No hidden costs or final invoice surprises ever. And they're no loophole for lifetime warranty 
covers everything, including labor and glass breakage at no additional charge. Mention AM 1250 and get an exclusive 10% discount for listeners of this station only. Why pay double? Before you buy, visit windowsruspittsburgh.com. They're more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company. windowsruspittsburgh.com. You know the moment. The homework and dishes are done. Your family responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lay back. It's that end of day. Ah, That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-comforting orthopedic made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Selling mattresses the traditional way isn't the best way. Most are made in a large factory and shipped hundreds of miles to a retailer's warehouse, where the retailer then marks them up and up before finally selling and delivering them. At the Original Mattress Factory, we take a straightforward approach. We have eliminated the extra steps and created a direct line from our factory to you, saving you hundreds of dollars. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. So the Pirates are opening a, a nine-game homestand tonight. They play the Mets uh, tomorrow night. They play uh, the Mets again. That's over the weekend. Uh, I just I want you to know that you're going to hear a lot of discussion about Pirates attendance over the weekend because they're coming off uh, an 11-game winning streak that ended yesterday. They've won 13 out of 15, hottest team in baseball, and there are people out there talking about, I heard it on sports radio today, talking about uh, the attendance and what it's going to show, what kind of crowd they get tonight. Forget it, okay? Because it's they're not gonna they're not gonna all of a sudden see a gigantic surge in attendance because of their winning streak. It's all based on how many tickets they sold in January. And now, unless they give you a figure of what the advanced sales were for this weekend, don't don't even consider it. Don't even get into a discussion about the attendance because unless you know how many they had sold prior to the winning streak, how many they get this weekend means nothing. So just I just want to throw that out there because you're going to be hearing a lot about it. Uh, what one other little story here. I'm, I have here in front of me a piece from the Atlantic, and the headline is, "Why is it so hard to find an umpire uniform for women?" And it's an entire piece on how women who are getting into officiating men's sports are having trouble getting uniforms that they can look good in. And this woman's name uh, is uh, Grub. I forget her first name, Jenny Grub. Anyway, she um, was a, has been an official for a long time, had trouble finding good-fitting uniforms, and she said she began to see the uniform issue as another example, she says, of gender discrimination. So she emailed some of the organizations that uh, employ officials for males, men's sports and said, your female officials, myself included, grow weary of looking baggy, saggy, and ill-fitting men's apparel. Uh, I'm just guessing that it might be hard to find an umpire uniform for women because there aren't that many women who are umpires, and nobody's making them. That's just a crazy idea, I know. But she says it's a widespread problem. She wants to get something done about it. So a guy who runs uh, one of the companies that makes these, uh, he's assistant director of the officials, he said uh, he's going to look into the matter. But here's what here's the thing. Uh, I, I don't get if if you really th- first of all you're expecting a company to start making uniforms for for people who don't exist because there's not enough of them to wear them. How about this, ladies? How about some female entrepreneurs start a company that specializes in women's officiating uniforms? I mean, why would you depend on a man 
who's running a company, probably running a company for 50 years, making uniforms for people, that uh, male or female, to be umpires or officials in football. So go ahead. If you think there's a market out there for it, risk some money. Put some money up. A female entrepreneur, we need you to do it. We need those women's umpires uniforms. Make them yourself and sell them. We'll see you tomorrow. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.